Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 285. You know that I don't shy away when the money topic comes up. In fact, I talk about money probably more than the average person. I wholeheartedly love digging into numbers and evaluating the best places to utilize money because after all, money is simply a tool, a means of exchange to help you get what you need in life and business. Money shouldn't be this scary thing that we avoid talking about, but we all know that there are all kinds of limiting patterns and negative mindsets when it comes to money. I've shared that I am no stranger to dysfunctional beliefs around money management. I used to be a money hoarder, meaning I just wanted to save, 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 save out of the fear that I'd someday run out of money or one day my career would just end like an NFL player's. And I wanted to be sure that I was being responsible with my funds. Let's be honest, I'm still working through my relationship with money and something tells me that it's a lifelong complicated relationship that we're all in. But today I wanted to continue this conversation about how to best pay yourself as a business owner because there's so much room to learn how to be more strategic with our money and something tells me that no one has ever walked you through how to navigate a life where you're the CEO. In episode 165 of the podcast, I gave some more background into my own journey with how I pay myself as an entrepreneur and how I got past some of the old beliefs about money. If you haven't listened to it, that episode is an incredible starting point if you're still trying to sort out what your income should look like when you own your own business. Head to jennacutcherblog.com slash salary if you want to start there. Now today, we're going to dive a little deeper and talk about how your values should be guiding your salary, how much you should be reinvesting into your business, the perks of building passive income or revenue streams, and why a consistent pay structure is imperative for your personal and your professional financial state. I know money can be tough to talk about, but it's something we should lean into and not shy away from, and we'll never get better with our finances unless we face them head on and learn to work with them rather than ignoring them. So with that, let's get into it. I'll lead you. Here we go. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru Jenna Kutcher will help you redefine what success looks like. 
It's time to hear from the experts. Listen in on honest conversations and learn the best tips and tricks that helped others pave their own way and craft their dream career. If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Thanks to Literati for supporting Gold Digger. Literati is a subscription book club that makes it easy to find unique and interesting books for your kids. For a limited time, go to literatibooks.com and use the promo code Gold Digger for $20 off your first box. Plus, kids three and up get a special blacklight pen. How cool. Real quick before we dive on into today's show, have you started your email list yet? Or are you still trying to beat the algorithm and you're focusing on building your business on borrowed land? Here's the thing. I have created a free five-day challenge to help you get your email list from zero to 250 eager, happy, excited subscribers. Head to listbuildchallenge.com. Sign up for the free challenge. All I need is five days of your time and I am going to get you started and growing so that you can finally get your message out to the right people. Are you ready? Listbuildchallenge.com. Save your seat and only join if you're serious about actually taking action. So I was sitting around a table at a spa with four of my girlfriends the other day and the topic of money came up. Now we're all moms, we're in our 30s and we talked about investing and policies and all of these things that tend to confuse us. I mean, first, can we just laugh at the fact that our spa getaway included conversations about 401ks, investing and life insurance? I guess this is what being an adult looks like, right? So we were talking about how we're saving and where we're spending and what's confusing us about it. And I went straight to this fact with them. And now I get to share it with you. I've talked about this before and you can bet I'll continue telling every entrepreneur who asked me for money advice because I am not an expert in this, that the first thing you've got to do to set yourself up is to hire an accountant. Now, I hired mine right when I was getting started for one simple reason. I didn't know what I didn't know. And I knew an accountant would be able to lend expert advice about where my money should be and how I should be handling it well. And before you tell me that there isn't one who specializes in exactly what you do, if I could find one in our village of 1,200 people in Wisconsin, then you can find one. In fact, I still work with the same accountant that I started with over eight years ago when I wasn't even profitable. I hadn't even made a penny. Now, it's important to realize that there's not just one type of entrepreneur salary. The way I've paid myself has changed over the years as my business has changed and grown. And there's no one way for entrepreneurs to pay themselves because so much depends on your business type, personal expenses, financial health, and more. Now, there are legal implications and pros and cons about how you bring home your income, and an accountant can give you vital advice about how to approach pay after taking a look at your specific business and the current state of your finances. The first thing an accountant will probably advise you to do is to separate your personal and business finances. In the early days especially, it can be easy to just lump everything together and keep your profits and business expenditures in the same account that you use to shop for your groceries. Now, the biggest reason this is a no-no is because it makes it insanely difficult to view your numbers. If your personal and business numbers are all in the same place, it becomes a huge headache when you try to figure out your earnings, your business expenses, and what you're personally taking home 
every month. It's super easy to open up a business banking account, and you can probably do it from the institution that you actually bank with in under an hour. Some banks even let you apply for business checking accounts online, so don't write it off yet. Now, once you have everything separated out, you'll be able so much better to see how much money your business is bringing in each week, month, and year, which will make it so much easier to handle your business finance responsibilities and pay yourself routinely. Like if you want to get paid and you don't have a business account yet, please make an account so that you can actually see what's coming in and what's going out and how much is left over at the end of it all. We actually have six different accounts for the different businesses we run. Even our condos have separate accounts so we can easily see how we are doing financially and keep expenses separated to make tax time way easier. So if this part freaks you out, just head into the bank, let them know that you need to open a separate business account the sooner, the better. Okay. So next up, let's talk about what kind of entrepreneur you are. When I first started all of this, I was working 50 plus hours a week at Target. And that job was a job that covered things like our rent, student loans, car insurance, the necessities. Now that salary was what I needed to get by. And I've shared on this show how I use that job to help fund my business super slowly. Now, I personally made the choice to never go into debt for my business, and so I used the extra $100, $500 from each paycheck to help me slowly build up and fund my big dream. My business was a side hustle for a little over a year before I made the leap into full-time entrepreneurship. So let's talk about that. There are a few different stages and types of entrepreneurship that affect how you'll be paying yourself. First, let's talk about those of you who are building up your side hustle, meaning you have a full-time gig or a career that you're rocking and your entrepreneurial passions are on the side. Side hustlers who are building a business while working full-time, odds are you're likely or hopefully making enough at your main job to cover your personal expenses. While you might be putting in overtime to build this additional revenue stream, you don't actually need that money to be hitting your bank account every other week. This is tremendously powerful because you have the opportunity to reinvest everything you make on the side hustle back into that business as you grow it. This means you can use your business profits to invest in things like a new website or to create more offerings for your customers or help you with something you don't have time for or don't like doing like social media or graphic design. Whatever it might be, use this unique time in your business when another job is totally funding your personal life to ramp up your business. Get your savings in order and prepare for the time when you'll be able to turn that side hustle into a full-time gig if that's the big goal. Now, looking back, I'm so thankful that I started my business as a side hustle. Now, if we're being super transparent here, Drew actually didn't have a job at the time. So he was out there trying to figure out which direction his career was going to go. I was working over full time at Target, and that was covering all of our life expenses. And so as I started building my photography business, any profits that were coming in were just getting reinvested into gear, website, logo, domain, like all of the things. And so if you're a side hustler out there, use this time, use it well and use it wisely. 
Now, when it comes to financials, you want to take a look at the type of business you run. There are a lot of options. The two most common for entrepreneurs are limited liability company, LLC, or a sole proprietor. But it doesn't just stop there. There are also partnerships, corporations, S-corps, C-corps. And if I just lost you, it's okay because this stuff can get super confusing. Corporations, sole proprietorships, partnerships, and LLCs all have different tax requirements for owner compensation. Again, this is why it is so important to start with an expert. Like, don't fool yourself into believing that an accountant is going to cost you a ton of money and that you need to make that money before you hire one, because chances are an accountant is going to save you a lot of time and money, which is why I hired one before I had even made a profit. An accountant will be super helpful in making sure you're doing everything right when it comes to what type of business you own and how to pay yourself. You do not want to get in trouble with the IRS. I mean, what an expensive headache. So ask your accountant for advice on how your specific business should be set up when it comes to salaries, because it's going to look different for everyone. Now, depending on which category your business falls under, you'll want to understand what your legal rights and obligations are. Regardless of the type of business you have, typically entrepreneurs pay themselves one of two ways, via payroll through a salary or through something called an owner's draw. I'm sure you're familiar with what a salary looks like. You're paid on a set schedule based on either a flat rate or the hours you're working. If you run a C corporation or an S corporation, you are actually legally required to have a salary to track withholdings for Social Security, Medicare, and state and federal income taxes. The other method is called an owner's draw, and that's essentially a withdrawal from the company's profits payable to you since you are the owner. Now, owner's draws aren't subject to withholding from governmental taxes, but you'll still need to report that income when tax day comes around. And you'll generally have to pay the same amount of taxes at the end of the year that you would have been paying with a salary's tax withholding. That means it's absolutely crucial that you're putting aside the correct percentage of your income based on how much you make and where you live in order to be able to pay your taxes come April. Now, I know people who didn't realize that they would have to pay taxes on what they drew from their business and they had to pay in the next year. So just realize that it's likely no matter how you're getting paid, there's going to be more money coming out. And knowing that in advance with the help of your accountant can help you prepare and plan and set aside for tax time so that you're never surprised. For me, it's always been nice to put myself on a payroll that mimics what it was like when I worked for corporate America. I realized really early on as a wedding photographer that often the life of an entrepreneur comes in ebbs and flows. And for me, I was making the majority of my money in just a few months each year. But I realized that if I structured how I was paid, I wouldn't blow through my money when business was busy and I wouldn't feel panicked when I was in my slow season. Since I brought up the fact that I also have issues with feeling the need to save every penny for years and years, even though my business had grown to six figures, I was still paying myself the same amount that my paychecks had been when I worked that 50K salary job in corporate America. I wanted to keep living off of that amount of that salary and get in the habit of saving. So up until the past few years, I was just paying myself $1,200 every two weeks, just like I had made when I was in corporate America. 
Now, as my business has scaled, I've increased my payroll for myself, but we stick to a pretty conservative payment plan just because we opt to live a more simple life and continue to invest and save. This method has allowed us to use our owner's draws to pay for things like our condos, which we bought in cash since we have chosen to live entirely debt-free. If you want to hear a journey about being debt-free, I did an entire episode on it. You can tune into it by visiting jennacutcherblog.com slash debt-free. That's jennacutcherblog.com slash debt-free. Now, whichever way you go in regards to salary or owner's draw, you'll want to keep it consistent and try to pay yourself the same amount every month and on a set schedule. I like paying on an every other week basis just to mimic what other people are usually getting. And this was the key for me to feel confident that I could make ends meet and I knew I could rely on my business to help me consistently financially. It also helps you to maintain a realistic approach to your money and be able to look at where you can utilize your profits as you grow, as well as to be prepared for slow or dry seasons, which do eventually hit every single business. Next, let's figure out how to decide how much money you really need. There are several factors to look at when choosing your salary, but the very first thing is determining how much money you truly need to cover your personal expenses. Now, your personal expenses cover everything from rent or mortgage and bills, groceries and gas to childcare, personal maintenance like haircuts and loan payments like car or student loans. I've got an assignment for you and I want you to follow through on this. Yes, you. Go back through your bank statements from about the last three months, print them off, grab a bunch of highlighters in different colors so that you can go through your expenses and charges over the last 90 days. Add up all of your personal expenses from the last 90 days, divide it by three so that you can get the monthly breakdown and to have a look at the average amount you're spending or likely to need on a month-to-month basis. To figure out what that number looks like to cover a full year, just multiply it by 12. And if you're feeling really awesome, I'd encourage you to add in a cushion amount to help with unexpected expenses that life throws your way. Now that you know how much money you absolutely need to be able to cover your expenses for the year, let's talk real quick about value-based saving and spending. This might be something you've never heard of before. Value-based finance management is simply creating a system for your finances that revolves around your deeply ingrained values rather than just simply your wants or needs. Now, it's easy for us to run a budget, but how does that pour into your future life and our greater mission or the impact we're making on the world? Value-based management allows you to base financial decisions like saving and investing on what means the most to you long-term rather than just quick payoff short-term. Essentially, it lets you manage your finances from a big picture perspective, which is so important. One of the biggest things I want to instill in entrepreneurs is that while it's important to plan for the here and now, it is even more critical to create a plan for the future since no one is likely helping you set aside things for money like retirement or a 401k. When you picture your life in 10 years, what do you see? Do you want to live in a downtown condo close to work or be able to travel to new places every other week? If so, your money values might be travel and convenience. Or do you envision a house sprawling on land with three kids running about in your yard? Your values might be family, home, and legacy. Maybe you don't see much of a picture, but you can imagine a deep sense of security and assuredness. 
Stuff isn't as important to you as feeling like you have a grip on your finances and that they're in order and well be able to handle any hardships that come your way. Our finances have the ability to support these values that we build our lives around. Whether you want to be saving for a down payment for a property in the country or putting aside some cash to travel the world, you have the power to choose where your income is going and what it is funding. So when you're evaluating your personal expenses, I want you to look at those things that might not be supporting the values and vision that you have for your life. It could be a bunch of subscription services that you don't really use or need, or maybe you enjoy eating out too many times each week. Those things are all fine and good, but if they're hindering your finances instead of helping you build the future you dream of, it might be time to reevaluate how your money is supporting or not supporting your values. Life is more than just working around the clock and collecting a paycheck. And in order to make our lives more than that, we have to take a deeper look at all of the small decisions we make on a daily basis that impact the bigger picture. Now, the money that you might be able to save from unnecessary expenditures can either go back into your business, go into savings, or go into personal investments. If you want to save a certain amount of money by a certain time to support your value-based goals, work that figure into your salary and then stay consistent with saving and building up your finances. By recognizing our values and mixing that with the amount of money that we know we need for personal expenses, you'll be able to really drive down on how much you need to be paid to cover what you need now and what you want later in life. A few months ago, I was sitting at a table at a beautiful villa in Puerto Rico with some of the wealthiest and wisest business owners on the planet, and we had a task for the final day of our mastermind. We were supposed to take just two minutes to drive home one big point with each other, whether it was a marketing hack or life encouragement, and I knew immediately what I wanted to share. I wanted to encourage these entrepreneurs to take a step back and define enough in their lives. Because as a new mom, I had just come off of three months of resting and laying low, and everyone there was so tired. They were working around the clock, always connected, always on to the next thing, and I felt like they were missing out on life. Sure, more money is great, but at what expense? I would say that my relationship with money has transformed dramatically recently as I've taken more time off to be with my family and to truly reap the rewards of all of the years and years and years of hard work as an entrepreneur. And while I know that I'm, of course, capable for more, right now I'm just pursuing enough so that time, not money, is my priority. And I swear to you that every single time in my career that I've prioritized time over money and set off in pursuit of freeing up more time and letting go of the desire to make more, those are the times that my business has shifted and grown the most. I told this story before, but when I first started my photography business, the first year I shot 25 weddings. Then the next year was 27. Third year was 31. I was making more and more and more money. And at that rate, I was making six figures a year. But also at that rate, I had never been more stressed or anxious in my entire life. I had this come to Jesus moment when I realized that I was missing out on life because I was living it behind a computer screen and gone every weekend and editing all day long. And I made a decision. Drew and I sat down and I said, babe, like, I cannot do this again. If I do this next year, I'm going to be done. Like, I will never be able to do this again. 
And so we made the decision that instead of pursuing more, we were going to pursue enough. I was willing to lose that six figure status to go back to just making 50k a year, because I knew that it would get me back my time. And so after shooting 31 weddings in one wedding season, I vowed to only shoot 15 the next year. And I did that. But what I didn't plan for was that when I actually gave myself time again, when I had time to dream and be creative and ask myself the hard questions and learn, that was when my business really started scaling. The thing is, is that so many of us are in pursuit of more money that we are not really paying attention to the expense of that, which is usually our time. Every single time that I've freed up my own time as the priority I've thought of different ways to make more money or to start new facets of my business or to teach new things or to launch something new. And in return, I have made more money because I've got back my time. I'll be back to teaching in a minute, but I have to pause and just say thank you to Literati for supporting this episode and for helping us create new special moments with our little baby. Drew and I, we love reading to our daughter and Literati is a subscription book club that makes it easy to find unique and interesting books for your kids. They mail five teacher approved age appropriate books to your child every month and all of the books are based on a theme. Conley might not be reading to herself yet, but we've loved the animal and plant-themed books and rocking her to sleep with tales of the duck and the goose. I am so happy that we started a love of books with Conley early on because a child who reads has a better vocabulary and a longer attention span. One parent shared with Literati that after a year of joining their club, their second grader is reading at a fifth grade level, and she's an insatiable reader now. Each month, you can buy the books you want and return the rest, and it's super easy and free. For a limited time, go to literatibooks.com and use the promo code GOLDDIGGER for $20 off your first box. Plus, kids three and up, they get a special blacklight pen. That's so awesome. This is their best offer available anywhere. We were so stoked when we got it. Plus, they come with these cute little stickers that say, like, this book belongs to Conley. Anyways, to get it, you have to go to literatibooks.com, promo code GOLDDIGGER for $20 off your first box, plus a free blacklight pen for kids three and up. Literati, that's L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I books.com, promo code gold digger. Here's what I know about you. You've probably heard me or another really smart business person talk about the importance of an email list, but you've never taken action. Maybe you're intimidated. Maybe you're not sure anyone will join. Maybe the tech scares you or you feel like you have zero time to do it and zero things to say. Whatever excuses have been holding you back I'm done with them. It is time. I created a free five-day challenge. It's kind of like a mini boot camp, a five-day course, whatever you want to call it, but it is free. And I'm going to be giving you just one action item a day. And I'm confident that if you follow what I teach you over a five-day span, you can grow your list from zero to 250 and beyond in no time. So are you ready for a challenge? Are you up for it? I want for you to join my zero to 250 challenge. All you have to do is go to listbuildchallenge.com, save your seat, sign up, get serious about starting and growing an email list. Again, that's listbuildchallenge.com to join my free challenge to get you started once and for all. I'll see you inside. Now, 
It's really important to realize that what's enough for you to live on might not look the same as someone else in your field, even if their business seems comparable to yours from the outside looking in. This is why pricing and saving has to be an equation, not an emotion for you. Most financial struggles for entrepreneurs is that they operate the money side of their business emotionally because, hey, we're super passionate about what we do. But if I've learned anything about money and entrepreneurship, it's that it's an equation not an emotion. This is exactly why you have to crunch your own numbers to really dig into what you need, and then you can build your rates and salary off of that necessity. Your enough is the number that both sustains your everyday living expenses and supports your future goals. This is why it drives me absolutely nuts when people go to a Facebook group and they're like, how much do you charge for this? And I'm like, you don't know what their household income is or how much their mortgage is. You don't know how many student loans they have. Like pricing has to be equations. So do not look to other people in your area. Do not look to what your neighbor is charging, what that person in that Facebook group is charging. Your numbers are yours and yours alone. And you have to do the equations to find them. One more aspect to think about when determining how to pay yourself is the idea that if your business is making money, but it costs almost nearly as much to keep the business afloat, then something is off or missing. When you consider your profits versus your losses, you have to look at your salary, employee salaries and benefits, supplies, equipment needs, office space costs, product overhead, and everything else that costs your business money. If your business makes 200K a year, but it costs 190K to keep things running efficiently, then it might be time to reevaluate where your money is going, as well as how much you're charging for your products or services. Having an accountant and separate business and personal accounts will be enormously helpful in determining the discrepancy and the shifting things where you need to. Your business's financial health needs to be something you're digging into at a minimum on a monthly basis and not just once a year at tax time. I cannot tell you how many people I know who avoid the money stuff until tax season rolls around and then all of a sudden they realize that they haven't really been profitable or they aren't charging enough and it's crushing. Like you just did a year of work and you didn't know your numbers and all of a sudden when you look at your numbers, you'd be better off working at McDonald's Don't let that happen to you. I've seen it happen so many times. Now, another thing to consider is trying to pay yourself a percentage rather than a flat fee. This can be helpful for businesses that have been up and running for a good while, typically at least a few years, and that have maintained a steady profit for a considerable amount of time, at the very least a year. Taking a percentage of profits allows you to directly see the fruits of your business's labor, and it might even incentivize you to build your team and outsource so that you can get even more done with less stress and overtime hours on your part. Then on those years where you experience booming success, you can reward yourself and your team with some sort of bonus. Lastly, let's talk about how more is not always better. More money doesn't always mean that life's getting better and better and easier and easier. As they say, more money, more problems. 
actually, I don't totally subscribe to that notion as long as you're being smart. But it's important to realize that the more money you are making, both personally and within your business, usually there are more responsibilities to manage and keep track of. If your business is making a lot more money, whether it's suddenly or over time, it could be because you finally hit your stride and sales are doing exceptionally well. But it could also mean that you're working 60-hour weeks regularly and hardly have time to breathe, let alone take a break. What good is more money if you have zero time to enjoy it? Once you know how much money is enough for you and you feel really good about your finances and your future, you can keep your salary pretty stable at that number and take any extra money to use for your business. Maybe you can outsource more, or build your team to include one or a few more full-time employees to spread out over the array of responsibilities. Maybe you can start investing in real estate or other opportunities to build long-term wealth and stamina for your business in case a recession hits or an unexpected slow season strikes. I want to paint the picture of how I've approached this and how it's absolutely transformed over the years. I was four years into my photography business before I made my first hire. I've told this story many times on the show, but I thought I could do everything on my own and I was clinging so tightly to money that I cared more about saving money than getting back my time. I Googled this, but it says, according to Second Wind Consultants, if you spend between 15 and 30% of your gross revenue on payroll, your business is likely in solid standing. If you are in the service industry, your payroll costs could encompass more than 50% of your gross revenue. So essentially what it's saying is that you're probably doing all right if you're spending between 15 and 30% of your gross revenue on payroll. Now, like I said, I was making more money than ever before. I was about four years into my business, making six figures. I thought I could do it all. And then I had a miscarriage. And I remember just being crushed. And for the first time in four years, I couldn't open up my inbox. I didn't really care about inquiries. I was just so inward grieving this loss. Now, Caitlin, you've probably heard of Caitlin. She's worked for me this entire time now since this incident. She had reached out to me three different times offering up her assistance as a virtual assistant. And I had said, nope, I'm good. Nope, I'm good. I got this. I have my systems down. I do everything my way. And all of a sudden, crippled with grief, I was like, this is not going to work. Like the second I stop is the second my business stops. And I remember the first time I sat down with Caitlin and we talked about how much it was going to cost me. And I was so freaked out. I'm like, this is another mortgage to hire on a virtual assistant. Can I afford this? Is this going to be worth it? I know I can do all of this on my own. So why would I pay someone to do it? About a week in of working with Caitlin, I was like, take all of my money. I finally have freedom again. And that is how I have approached hiring over the years. My team is bigger than it's ever been before. And every hire, while it costs me tens of thousands of dollars, they have helped me grow and scale this business to a place that it could have never gone had I clung so tightly to my money that I didn't care about my time. Now, it hit me recently just how much my fertility journey shaped the way my business is today and the structure that I've built. I realized that I didn't want to build something that would totally stop the moment that I stopped. I didn't want a business that was only bringing in profits when I was physically showing up. And I wanted to figure out how to create something that could run while I rested. 
I laugh because it's August now and I was off from January to March on maternity leave. Then I worked for two months before taking another month off for our Hawaii sabbatical. And this has been my most profitable year by far. When this year is said and done, I will probably have only worked six months this year and part-time at best. Creating passive income, including investments and evergreen products and services that your customers will continually want to purchase in the coming months and years is one of the best ways to really stabilize your profits and make sure you have a constant income without always exchanging your hours or employee hours to make it. There are so many awesome opportunities to build passive income, be it owning rental properties, selling courses, opening an online shop, selling artwork or photography, or through some other continual income generator that requires little to no legwork on your part after its initial inception. Passive income allows your business to grow steadily and incrementally with little maintenance on your end, which is kind of dreamy, isn't it? We're so used to digging in and committing our hearts and souls to our businesses as entrepreneurs that the thought of passively bringing in additional money can almost sound guilt-inducing, but it's honestly one of the smartest moves you can make for the longevity of your business and to really grow a solid padding of savings to preserve your business through long and slow seasons. I did a full episode on passive income, so if that's something you want to dig into, head to jennacutcherblog.com slash zero nine one. That's jennacutcherblog.com slash zero nine one and tune into how to make money while you rest, an entire episode dedicated to exploring what passive income is and how you can create revenue streams that are running while you're rest. Whoo, that was a lot, wasn't it? Okay, so to sum it up, I have changed my methods of paying myself as an entrepreneur, but the three main things that I want for you to walk away from this episode knowing is this. One, it's so important to define enough and make sure that your pricing is an equation and not an emotion. Number two, if you can get yourself on some sort of consistent payment scale that covers your enough, you're going to free up your time and energy while also creating savings that you can reinvest into your business. And number three, when you start to value your time over money and you work smarter and not harder, you will start to see the rewards in big ways, not just in your bank account, but in the experiences that you're having while living on planet Earth. Paying yourself as an entrepreneur can be a tricky thing to navigate, but it doesn't have to feel impossible or scary. I can't recommend enough getting an accountant, observing your numbers, digging into the data so you have certainty and incorporating your values into your financial decisions to determine the best number for you. It'll change over time. It always does. But with the right advisors and the data to back up what you're working towards, you can find security as an entrepreneur. You might not get it right the first time around, but that's the blessing of being an entrepreneur. You get to ride out this journey and find what works best for you and your business. I hope today's episode helped you learn some more about how to find the best way to pay yourself and to plan for your future wisely. And until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. And thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Gold Digger Podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you.